vacation souvenirs, items of emotional significance. Beneath the window, an extensive record collection sat next to a pile of board games. A scrabble box was held together with masking tape. What do you guys want to drink? He walked into the kitchen. We have wine, obviously, and then gin, vodka. Vodka's good. We brought mixers. Katie held up the transparent I Heart New York deli bag. Unlike the sign in the deli, the bag only loved New York as much as ever. Are your parents around? No, they're in the country. They're getting back tomorrow. How are they? Great. Not even a trace of sarcasm, irritation, resentment. If I had Brenner's family, everything would be different. My posture would be different. Tell them I said hi. I will. He hoisted himself onto the marble countertop. He saw me looking at him and flashed a small stroke of lightning. It could have meant anything. We took turns mixing drinks with a butter knife. So where were you again? Katie said. Malaysia. Right. Was it amazing? Katie said it the way all of us said it. Amazing. It was amazing. I have pictures. I want to see them, she said. He jumped off the counter and grabbed his drink, and we all followed him to his room. How long do you have off right now? Six weeks. She shook her head. I should have done a fellowship. His bedroom smelled like fabric softener. The wooden built-ins were filled with certificates from high school, summer camp, and Princeton next to photos of people in sunglasses ecstatic to be so close to him, huddled around him on anonymous beaches. On one shelf were trophies and medals from the beginning of his childhood, when he was only average at everything, before he gave up on sports and art to pursue academics. On another shelf was a school project that a younger version of him must have made. It was a miniature reproduction of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, complete with little perforated flags that read Degas, Photography, China, probably something that his parents implored him to keep. One day I'd say something about it, tell him I loved it, make fun of him for it, but not tonight. I didn't want to draw attention to this being my first time in his room. We all sat on his bed, and he sat in a desk chair, swiveling slightly back and forth, telling Katie what stops had been on his itinerary. Above his bed were books, pressed into, next to, and over each other. Leather classics. High school required reading, textbooks, thrown together like he didn't even underline. Most of what he read probably wasn't even on these shelves. And then, one night, we snuck into this cave and ended up sleeping there. He handed Katie a photo of himself with his arm around a girl. Was she traveling alone? Katie said. Was who traveling alone? I didn't ask. No, he said. But she pretty much ditched her friends the rest of the trip. I glanced at the photo. Of course she was pretty. No shortage of those, not even in fucking Malaysia. I sat there trying not to look any different than I did a second ago, trying not to pour my vodka cranberry into the cream-colored fibers beneath us and watch the red seep through. There was always some hotter girl around. I couldn't believe I thought nothing would change after a year we hooked up. Like he'd really just been waiting for me to show up at his apartment, like a hundred other girls haven't already fallen in love with him between then and now. Where is she from? Katie said. California. Fucking California. We just happened to be there at the same week. He glanced from the stack of photos to Katie looking at them. The problem with Brenner was that he wasn't gorgeous. His eyes were small, 
and his hair was always a little too short. He was the kind of good-looking you notice only after a while, like when he would say something funny and you would look twice and realize that, wait, he happens to have perfect teeth. And he is kind of tall. And actually, nothing's really wrong with him. And you realize you could love how he squints when he smiles. You could totally love how he squints when he smiles. And you could be very happy being married to a human rights lawyer, even when, no, especially when he's older and a little harrowed, kissing the kids on his way out in the mornings and then stopping and kissing you too and looking you right in the eyes after all these years, your thighs still sore from the night before. And it occurs to you that this is the perfect guy with whom to go to parents' night at Dalton and a central synagogue on the high holidays, the perfect guy with whom to be photographed by Bill Cunningham and David Patrick Columbia on occasion, or to be alone with in Italy, Egypt.